0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit Shopify.com slash offer23
0: to get started. Allison. Sarah. Shana. This makes me smile. <laughs> We've gotten so good at it. It's really incredible. <laughs> it's, it's incredible we can say our names
1: <laughs> for <of> <laughs> the girl. is insane. Insane, insane, insane. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am joined with the effervescent living a balanced life and <laughs> doing it in gorgeous fashion. I must say I'm living for your social media posts.
2: Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? Oh, yeah. So balanced, not hungover for one day. So shout out. We're gonna have bright eyes and bushy tails on this podcast today. <laughs>
1: And, of course, we are not too many men without the Mario Kart Tournament Champion, and I'll <laughs> see if she wants to explain that, Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hi. Shana, would you like to talk about your championship ec- ec-
0: Yeah. Adventures. I'm proud of it. tell us please. i'm very proud of it and us, especially because the losers two of the losers will be listening to this okay um we have a tournament it's so we played beerio cart you can't drink and drive you have to chug half a beer each race of a grand prix so you have to drink two beers throughout the whole thing and uh you know we did we had eight players so we had round one round two two from each went on to the final where um you know i surprised the crowd and i won and i won my disco ball pitcher over it to be clear, who, who made the championship trophy? Shayna? I did. But this is not fixed. This is not fixed. This is the second tournament. This is the mm-hmm. second tournament. And the favorite for both tournaments has been Rich. And he's lost both times. And it's amazing. And wow. I just was that good of a racer. I, You know, it's all about adjustments. And I adjusted my cart setup between race one and race two because I, I knew who I was going up against. And that's what sealed the deal for me. Which player were you? I originally was Inkling Girl and then I switched to Rosalina and I adjusted my tires to have a little bit more traction because I wanted more speed.
2: Wow. She's <laughs> playing that game, folks. That was a lot of stuff to. I don't understand. I
1: don't <laughs> play.
0: I don't know. This <laughs> is the- this is we are gonna get you a switch. We're gonna get you to start playing cart. Piper has, has a switch. Sling? Piper brings her switch go. on the road.
1: I don't know. It's, it's very a-
0: intimidating to me. It's great because you can play handheld or you put in a dock and you can play on the TV. Like you could play things like cart, you could play there's a million different games, and Shayna, Like very the fun last thing I it. played
1: was like Super Mario Brothers on like Nintendo, like the original. They
0: do have that though. I you know they play that on Switch, and they have I Mario know. Maker now, where you can make your own level or play levels other people have played. So it's like unlimited levels. Again, the dream. Who's to say?
1: <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, enough about that. Let's get into our... Sponsor us, Nintendo. (laughs) Sponsor us, Nintendo. (laughs) All right. Let's get into it, my friends. Um, We got some stuff to talk about that's happened over the weekend. Lots of hockey going on. Um, But we wanted to give a little bit of attention, unfortunately, to our most recent entrant on the shit list. (coughs) And, unfortunately, this episode's shit list winner, if you want to call it that, is Fanatics. Shayna, this is a story you have been following closely and done a lot of work digging into. Can you share what's going on and what are some of the key concerns around what's going on with Fanatics right now?
0: So the NHL needs a New Jersey creator, manufacturer? Right, you know, like their deal with Adidas is ending. Partner. And Fanatics, yeah, partner, there you go. And Fanatics is expected to be a key player in this. And already, you know, if you buy jerseys, you get the Fanatics version unless you have a shit ton of money to drop on an Adidas one. And the quality is way down. Um, Since Fanatics took over, I think like the widespread complaint among hockey fans is like the quality of the products. But the complaint should be... What a fucked up company Fanatics is and why this is okay. Like, they have absolutely monopolized the market. If you look at their history and where they started and how they got here, the amount of investments they've gotten from venture capitalist funds, they have billions of dollars. That they just, another round of investment. And it's after another. I started reading up on it because I was curious about it. And you know, like I knew it to an extent and then I started really digging in and I'm like, how the fuck is this happening and no one's talking about it? And because they keep getting all this money, they can just absorb other companies like Mitchell and Ness and Topps and Majestic. And no one can do anything about it. You would think there's, I don't know, a million antitrust lawsuits here and it's just fine. Everyone's okay with it and they're gonna continue taking over every single sports league. So
2: it's every league, it's not just the NHL.
0: They have rights with the NBA, NFL, NASCAR, um, MLS, MLB, Formula One, like they're everywhere. They've become the official, you know, sponsor of every single one. And it's, it's honestly wild just like how widespread it is. They have NFTs, they have, I mean, you you name a company in sports and it's it's like, it's surprising to see what isn't there. Like if you go to lids.com. You know, a site that we all knew you could just buy hats or something like that and, you know, merch. It's fanatics, too.
1: Everything's fanatics. Sarah, what are your thoughts on what apparently is the ticket master of the sports merch world? I
2: mean, I have never been a huge, like, buy jersey person, but I have seen so many complaints about this website over the years. It's like, they're careless, too, about, like, the... Sometimes people will have, like, names spelled wrong and the stitching is fucked up. It's not... There should at least always be another option in how to buy things that isn't ridiculously expensive. I mean, it's low-key corrupt.
1: I mean, the answer here is obviously to piss off Taylor Swift fans in some way shape or form and then have them rise yeah, up.
2: Yeah. Get, <laughs> we need a lawsuit <laughs> to get the
1: antitrust going, but it it kind of sucks though too and forgive me cuz I'm not as up on the other major sports leagues as I've fully admitted many times, but like it seems concerning to me also and i'd like to hear you guys thoughts on it that the nhl keeps having to look for a jersey partner like are other leagues changing jersey partners this much and i just don't know that but it seems to me concerning again when we talk about a league trying to make sure they're in you know the top of the conversation for major league sports that here we are just a few years later and we're switching what for the third time
0: recently i don't know it's definitely not as frequent and i feel like it's if anything, it's like more of like a push and pull between Nike and Adidas, like two of the top on the market, you'll see. But they they really like it's not it's not changing hands nearly as much as as the NHL has. And, you know, from Reebok, which was an adjustment to Adidas, like the fact that that deal is so short lived. If they wanted to go out there and be like, hey, we're going to partner with like someone like Puma, who doesn't have as big of like a foothold as Adidas or Nike, but like they're a well-known brand and things like that. Like, I feel like that's something, but instead to hear Fanatics is going to have a bigger role than they already do. I'm like, like, it's I, I like, I, I have it pulled up because I was looking at this for a refresher. Let me just in March 2021, they got $320 million in funding, followed by another $325 million a couple months later. And then if you skip down, they got a hundred million dollars. A couple months later, they got one point five billion dollars in April twenty twenty two. Like they were, they were worth twenty seven billion dollars. It says after that. Like from where is this money coming? Strategic partners, including sports leagues, player associations, team owners, and just other random funds. Like it's, I feel like it's just not getting the attention it should. It's like, oh, they got more money. Like why is this not like a well known thing? Where their money is coming from and how they're just constantly raising money to just take over and absorb everybody else. And now the NHL is like, yeah, we should have them as a bigger player. Like, well, unless they have no other options, right? That's my point. And like- No, so that's, that's a
1: problem. As Sarah Shayna, said, you don't know, like you, you have to see the monopoly coming before it comes. Otherwise you're definitely screwed. Sarah, what were you saying? I want say? an
2: expose by Shana Goldman on The Athletic about this issue. I'm interested. I don't really get what's going on, but I know it sounds bad. <laughs> i should see if someone like with
0: more sports business expertise like outside of hockey would want to work with me on that that would be really fun to do actually um because it just feels like it gets like a quick hit on like a tweet or something you'll see like oh they raise more money here's a quick chart from like sports business journal or something but it's not like the conversation it should be and they need to be fucking stopped like this is this is ridiculous like one company should not and the more that they grow, the worse the quality is. Like, it's pretty ridiculous. 100%. And their brand is everywhere. Like, you buy anything, and I don't know. If I'm spending, like, and again, I'm not someone that buys that many jerseys. I buy them on, like, clearance if I find one. Then I'm like, oh, that's a random one. Or I get shithammered to do it. You know, like, that's how I have a Mark Stone jersey and a Capri Soft jersey. I just got super drunk and decided I need this watching a game. Um... But, like, my friends all love wearing jerseys, and they don't like the quality of them. They were all complaining about it. And if you have, like, a bigger logo versus, like, you know, like, the Rangers, it's the stitched-on letters. But, like, if you're an Islander fan, you get, like, the big logo. Like, the quality of that is very noticeably bad. And to top it off, you get a Fanatics logo on it. You don't get Adidas. You don't get something cool like that. And I know, obviously, you have to pay more for that. And it's nice that there are more cost-effective options, because not everyone has the money to drop on a jersey. But, like... You're getting less than what you pay for at the prices they still are.:
1: Well, again, I, I was joking, but also serious. Like if you hate Ticketmaster, you don't want to see Ticketmaster become your sports merchandising experience, and that might be exactly where we're headed. So let's fix this friends. Who wants to start a: Who wants jersey? to start a loss? Who know? I was going to say a company, but I mean, if you want to be litigious about it, we can.
0: Gina, wants to your start Etsy, the Etsy
1: shop Trust should be laughing. your Etsy. Your new Etsy shop should be new, Should be uh, <laughs> NHL hockey jerseys and hats.
0: Oh there. God! Yeah, I have to get more <laughs> skilled for that. I need to hire a crew or something. This so, is like at least scrunchies are simple. Imagine me trying to find the time. I like. I would combust.
1: Well, there you have it, my friends. Uh, Pay attention and in all seriousness, um, draw attention to things that are trending in a direction that will ultimately probably not be good for the consumers of any product, specifically any sport merch.
2: Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bit O News. Bit O News. This is the suspension edition of Bit O News. We had a couple, uh, three-game bans handed down this weekend by the league. First, uh, Jeff Skinner for his hit. Excuse me, on Jake Gensel. And then um, Jamie Alexiak had the hit on Alex Alexiev in the Washington Capitals game. Three games each for those two players. And now um, this is fresh of mind for me. We do not have a ruling if there's going to be hearing or any kind of additional discipline. Um, but there was a big hit by Ryan Lomberg on Justin Schultz in Sunday's game in Florida against the Kraken. So that might be one to watch there too. But that's three big, um, pretty violent hits um, in the past 48, 72 hours. Um, Does one of those stand out to you that you want to draw attention to? And if so, why, Sarah?
2: I mean, when's the last time Jeff Skinner got suspended for a hit? I mean, this is our little figure skating king. He's rarely doing anything dangerous. So that was pretty weird. Can we go over how that happened? Hit us. Let's go. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> Um I guess the sequence began when Gensel made what the NHL called light contacts, contact with goalie Craig Anderson, who had covered the puck. So, okay, there's some goalie stuff. Skinner skated over to Gensel and jabbed his stick in the Penguins' winger side. The players then exchanged slashes before Skinner delivered a cross-check to Gensel's shoulder and then another forceful one that targeted Gensel's face. So yeah this is an altercation where he purposely cross-checked him in the face not really a hit so that makes sense but um yeah that's not okay don't do that fella. yeah
0: you, you saw it with like Matthews and Darlene like you this is gonna be suspendable obviously if it affects the leaves, it's gonna affect everybody else um for Skinner too like you could just see he was angry and obviously it was on Craig Anderson's account that he was because Gensel like You know, and and that shit happens and you have to, like, keep your cool and, like, do I think it was as... uh, No. Let me take that back because I don't think injury should be what decides it. I don't think it was, like, the world's most violent cross-check, but if you can't keep (laughs) your emotions in check, you know, you're going to get the book thrown at you. And what was tough was this was at the end of regulation, so all of overtime, essentially, except for maybe it was, like, 30 seconds was part of the penalty. So Pittsburgh had a a power play the entire overtime and won the game. And then they play again the next night. It was a home and home. And you could see how out of sync the Sabres were because they didn't have Skinner on their top line, which, you know, he's so essential to their success. So it was just kind of messy, you know, overall for them. And it's it's a big loss when they're fighting for points. And they have a chance because I think you will see, like, teams like Detroit maybe could slide out of it. You can't you can't afford to be losing any any points at all, especially to someone who they're not in your division, but they're in your conference and the wild card conversation. Like you're probably gonna have metropolitan teams in that wild card spot, and that's where the Sabers would have their best bet of like making it.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things where maybe they'll rally around Skinner for this because it's like, oh, he was sticking up for the goalie. We're a team, et cetera, et cetera. But it. The NHL is going to suspend retaliatory things like this every time because it's not, it's like the one of the few things that's kind of cut and dry where it's like, oh, this was done on purpose and they weigh that heavily, even if they act like they don't.
1: And the Lomberg hit is like a skinner for me too, Shana, in that, I mean, Florida did not come out strong in that game against the Kraken, but the timing of the hit was just so bad because he goes out he gets five in a game and i think there were what seven minutes or so left and change left in that game and so to put your team at the man loss the skater loss when you're trying to at least get one point and force overtime I, I, uh, the injury is the priority, of course. Um, Justin Schultz didn't return to the game, but I like the timing of it was just so bad. Like you're not helping yeah. your team at all.
0: And it was it, it was so retaliatory, like yes, Justin Schultz took a penalty. Yes, you could see Lomberg was pissed, but you can't you literally you get angry and you go this is how I'm gonna take care of it myself. And you could see it right there, like that's a bad decision. Immediately. You could see he got frustrated by that, and this was how you chose to respond. That's a suspension every day of the week. And if you have to pick the suspensions to throw the book out a little bit more and had more time than maybe, you know, an accidental hit, it's these plays because it you didn't keep your emotions in check. You got angry, you were retaliating to something that really wasn't a big deal. It was it, it, you could have just let Schultz take a penalty and leave it at that and then maybe talk shit to him and instead you are you hit him into the boards when you did not need to. And it was it was a dirty hit. It was a bad hit from like every single way you could, you know, like slice it up.
2: Maybe the chirps were what got him. Um, Everett, I don't know if I should be saying this, but had a funny story over the weekend where some guy like he had taken one shift and was trying to chirp him and Everett goes, okay, Mr. Relevant. <laughs> I just thought that was a good chirp. <laughs> well, let, let Maybe let he him. said that.
1: Let me ask you this because, again, listen, we are all three on the record that the league has to do the best job they can at protecting these players' brains. So I am by no means diminishing the impact on the players who have been, we believe, um, to be injured in these three instances. We don't, we don't know the extent um, yet, and, and sometimes we don't know the extent for years and years and years regardless. But three, I feel like three games is a new benchmark that we're seeing versus like one or two did the number of games lost surprise you Sarah or do you think three is an appropriate assignment of punishment um, for some of these actions
2: yeah I think both things are true and then you have like your first batch of suspensions about a specific thing early in the season they always want to set a precedent Um, I'd like to see some consistency in any form I do think yeah, I was expecting maybe one game, and and I saw three for um, Skinner, so proving a point there.
0: Yeah, the consistency is, like, the biggest issue of all, and I think the thing is, like, I think we look at it at two different scales. I think we say what we think it should be, and then based on the scale, you imagine the NHL to actually follow are two different things, because there'll be hits, and we'll be like, yeah, you'll get a game, and, you know, you kind of just, like, You get annoyed but you know that's kind of like that's what it is just chalk it up to that's that's the standard so if you see three games for something you're like oh that's that's a change of pace when maybe in reality it should be more um if it's a start i mean it's something right any any time that it's a little bit stricter than we could imagine it to be it is something but you know consistency is the biggest problem. And then once it gets to the playoffs, then everything's on another scale entirely. And, you know, the, the consideration of like how much time is left in the game, like for Skinner, it's the final minute of regulation. So it's not like it was during the first period. So he essentially already got a game and shit like that, like coming into play. I'm really curious what they go with, with the Longberg hit, because I think that's the one you throw the book at. And I'd like to see if they can a little bit and then try to hold the standard there.
1: Interesting, interesting, and I didn't think about that. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Um, as of this recording, and we're recording Monday, um, whatever time it is, one o'clock Eastern, um, there is no news on Lomburg, so we are just talking about a hit that we saw that we thought didn't look great, um, and Justin Schultz did not return to that game, but um, suspensions are happening, and I will say, um, even when it impacts your team for the reasons we talked about, I, I am happy to see the league taking a stance against hits to the head. I think that's, that's really important. Um, all right, let's switch to some hockey news, my friends, and we just finished talking about Lomberg. So let's, uh, let's go to the curious case of the Florida Panthers. Uh, Shana found this tweet and shared it in our chat last night. This is courtesy of Jordan McPherson. The Panthers are 3-4-0 in their past seven games. The results are a four-goal loss at Calgary, a four-goal win at Vancouver, a four-goal win at Seattle, a three-goal loss at Winnipeg, a four-goal win at Detroit, a three-goal loss at Tampa, and a three-goal loss versus Seattle. So apparently if you're the Florida Panthers, you either go big or go home. Um, These are some wild swings. What are we making of this year's Florida Panthers team, Sarah?
2: Yeah, like (laughs) exactly exactly what you said. It's very wild. And I think that's the nature of having like a high octane offense team that is not having the defense to back it up. Admittedly, I need to see what's going on with the goaltending. Are they riding Bobrovsky right now? Totally.
1: Yeah, because well, Spencer that'll Knight's explain been a sick. a
2: few things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. there you, Well, there you have it. Um, Matthew Kachak, I will say, it doesn't, I mean, it's just funny how like we, as we should, like, goo goo gaga over Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisidel, um, Matthew Kachuk every night, and they have over point per game. But it's like their teams are sucking, so maybe you need more than one good player. I think, I don't think the, the Panthers suck, but there's like very obvious holes that we have been known about. Yeah, I agree. The problem is like
0: the Panthers have a lot of flaws, and the flaws you would expect to bite them are biting them. I mean, The forward depth isn't the same as last year, so when they have injuries, like they lost Barkov because he was sick for a couple games, and then they lost Lundell like it, it's going to impact them a lot. They lose that versatility in their lineup. They lose a lot of skill that affects them in all situations. But you know, we know that there's defensive issues, and a Paul Maurice run team isn't like a defensive stalwart. It's not like you know a Barry Trotz, who you know is a specialist for that. You look at the Jets under Maurice and you know, their defense wasn't great and it weighed on their offense eventually. So that's tough, especially when, like, the goaltending isn't perfect. And, like, Knight has been better on the whole than Bobrovsky, but... And Bobrovsky's been a weakness at times, but he's not the only flaw. Like, it's it's a team-wide issue. And it's interesting, too, like, this team... We look at the comebacks from last year and you know they could afford to play that style because they were coming back in games they're not this year they're trailing games they're good when they're behind at generating offense but they're not getting the results and then they're not able to have that same like comeback mentality as last year because it just it's it's not working for them and i think it would be easy to say oh well look at them without huberto or something like that like i think kachuk's been better than huberto i think kachuk's been excellent there um and Yes, they're stacking him on the top line, and that it's not because he was struggling not on the top line. It's just in a game, they put them together. Uh, I think it was against the Blackhawks, and they were incredible in their minutes for Hagee, Barkov, and Kachuk. that they were like, let's stick with this, and it works for them. And obviously, the rest of the lineup does suffer a little bit if it's stacked that way. But to me, it stands out the Uyghur loss. Like, they didn't. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to throw him into a deal and lose him too without replacing him, which they didn't do. Like yes, Forsling gets more minutes and Montour gets more minutes, and he's been stepping up, but it's just not enough on that yeah. team. Yeah,
1: and I think, like Shayna, your article, and if I did my math right last night, the Panthers are now 0 11 if they go down by multiple goals in a game. I think so. By yeah, two or yeah. more goals. I two think that's what goals. it is now. Yep. Yeah, and. You know, it, listen, that that gets in your head. That mentality, like that lack of confidence, like can impact. I mean, when you know you can come back versus you're like, oh, shit, here we go again. Like that
2: can matter. Sarah, what were you thinking? Well, I'm just looking now. Bobrovsky's um, save percentage is 0.884 and his goals against average is 3.58. So that's pretty bad. And it's like he he's played 16 games and it's just... And It's not what you need for the budget, you know what I mean, right. the amount of money. They, I mean, we can talk about this all day. I'm sure Panthers fans are sick of like They get it that he signed that contract and it was bad. But it's just you need to do better because then you're in a chokehold where you can't get these defensive players to make your team better in that way. You're handcuffed to your goalie might, it has to be good, and it's just not up to snuff with what they need. So I don't know. I don't really know what the issue is here. Like, it's a little bit of everything on defense
1: yeah and I mean it was interesting because I because I am that person I looked it up yesterday that when Bob was announced he was going to go back to back because I was sure when he played in Tampa that they were thinking Spencer Knight was going to be back for Sunday but he wasn't but Bobrovsky is actually he has more wins than losses when he's played in both games of a back-to-back so it's I don't know that that was the factor but he's definitely not to your point for the budget it's not enough it's just I not think enough
2: maybe that's an example of he when he gets in the zone he gets in the zone right yep. and that's his net be. and Great that's point, not yeah. what is happening in florida so that's tough
0: i think too with back-to-backs like it's something we traditionally know goalies don't start them but it was something i think it was marty brown who was talking about it he'd like to see goalies go back-to-back more often say that you play wednesday night versus arizona and then it's you know thursday friday say you're getting calgary edmonton right um, don't play the Arizona game, let your backup handle that, and then take the back-to-back instead. And maybe that'll be better because you get a longer rest between it. And it's something he was curious about to see, like, a little bit more. And, like, I, I would be curious, too, because we we just don't know. You know, we assume a back-to-back is going to be too much wear and tear on a goalie, but maybe having more recovery time in the season, if you get, like, a four days off or five days off, that would make a bigger difference. Like, I would be a little bit curious about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And there's so many different schools of philosophy, too, right? Like, is like what's too much rest what's not enough rest like all that kind of stuff so yeah it's going to be interesting goaltending is not the only problem in florida and it, it's expectations are up there now right because of what they have started to do so that even last night um fans were booing them and and it, you know this is this is what comes with expectations so um we'll watch them they put a lot of eggs in their basket we'll see if they get chicks That's- or scrambled eggs so
0: Wow oh. hey okay. <laughs> I was going to say, do we trust Bill Zito to fix it? Because, like, Bill Zito has been cool going balls to the wall before. We've seen that. We saw it last year in Florida, and obviously you lose a lot of assets. And, like, if you're a manager that intends to stick with the team for a very long time, like, you're thinking future the entire time. And, like, obviously he was thinking this is our best chance to win before the Barkoff raids comes in and before we have to think about Huberto's rays and, and Uyghurs. So, like, it was a tough year, you know, for him to, like – navigate that but you could look at it and say it's cool it's fine that you went you know as as you know aggressive as you did last deadline but it just kind of puts more emphasis on finding those market inefficiencies the next year to make up for it like are you going to tell me you couldn't find a defenseman for under two million dollars who would have been good on your blue line like I'm sure there are people out there who could have spotted those players that you could have like gone after to solidify this team a little bit more? Or did you think the star power is gonna lead the way? Like, I don't know. I would just think that there would have been a little bit more emphasis on cutting corners to save some money and keep the team as competitive. I don't know, but then again, if you think like Paul Maurice is the answer to your team, then I
2: don't really know what you're thinking anyway. Yeah, there was bad vibes since that move, honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't disagree necessarily with Brunette leaving. Yeah, he's a, I think he's a great assistant coach. I, I really do. I just don't know if he was good enough as the manager of the entire bench to turn things around when things went south. Sa- like, I don't know if he was adjusting enough. And that's, you know, you learn with experience. But you could just look at it and be like, wasn't there anybody else besides, I don't know, Barry Trotz and Paul Maurice, the two people everyone talked
2: about? I guess we'll never know.
1: Heaven forbid we go outside the norm, right? So um, in happier news, in happier news, there are a couple teams um, with some win streaks going on that we wanted to highlight and talk about. Pittsburgh winning five in a row. Washington winning four in a row in a metropolitan. Let's take a look here. I mean, a metropolitan where Jersey's currently number one, Carolina two, but Pittsburgh's staying in the hunt there at third, um, even though they uh, don't have games in hand against the teams in front of them. And Washington, which had had a rough start, um, is now 14, 12, and four, and they're sitting in sixth, but they're only four points away from Pittsburgh and Carolina, although they have played more games. So of these two win streaks, Pittsburgh and Washington, which are you more intrigued about, and why, right now, Sarah?
2: Oh my God, I have to go. Charlie Lindgren with the Capitals. I mean, he went four oh oh in net after everybody's like, "Holy shit, what are they going to do?" Another injury to a key player. He was like, "Not a problem, not a problem." One point five oh goals against average, nine four nine save percentage, and now they're one point out of a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I love it for the kid. Good for him. I mean, he called, he was, his number was called and he's going for it. So sometimes it is crazy, right? You're like, oh, it can't get any worse for the Capitals. And then something happens and it's like, well, now it's like the pressure's off, maybe, you know, like you go through so hard things in a season, then it's like, well, we might as well have fun. And then you start winning. So it's interesting. Uh, The Penguins I don't know they lost to some pretty I mean they won to some pretty bad opponents they had the Sabres twice in a row which I don't know what to do with them ever then the Blue Jackets they got a good (laughs) win the Blues over them and then they got a good win over the Golden Knights but the Golden Knights have been kind of up and down now recently so I don't know I don't know both of them these teams that I'm like one of them is going to make the playoffs and one isn't it's
1: a mystery Shayna, which team do you believe is legit and which team is maybe, to Sarah's point, getting a little bit of luck going their way? They still get the points though regardless, but which is real, which is maybe not, or are they both legit?
0: I mean, I think that they're both legit to an, like, an extent. I think the Penguins are a bit more legit. If I had to pick one to miss the playoffs, it would be the Capitals. And yes, the injuries are a part of it. And second of all, it's just some of the play, like season-wide, we've seen trend down some of their depth depth issues, like things like that. I think if they're fully healthy, like they'll be a good team. I just think the competition around them is going to be like super steep. I do want to give a lot of credit to Charlie Lindgren, though. Like he was really good last year with the Blues as their third string, and I was a little surprised that they didn't. I, I, I actually, I can't say that. I don't know if they tried to keep him and they couldn't or what. But if I were, if I were the Blues and I already knew like so leaving, like I would want him as the backup instead of Grace, who is a career backup not going anywhere else, versus Lindgren who. I think, could take a little bit more of the starter's share from Bennington if needed, which, oops, it's needed. Um, <laughs> good for him, though, I, and good for any team that can, like, go against the odds and beat the injuries and things like that. Like, like you were saying, Sarah, like, if you could start winning games, it's like, there's a little bit less pressure on you when you have all those injuries that you could be like, everyone's counting us out, but we're not counting ourselves out. And then, like, you know, you boost morale that way. Um, but I still... Look at that, and I look at the whole Metro division, and, like, someone's going to have to fall out when the Devils or the Islanders, like, make it, if if not both. I would just think it's the Caps.
2: You folks will be listening to this after the Stars vs. Penguins on Monday night, but I think that'll be a really interesting game. I, if the Penguins have a good, hearty win over the Stars, I might yeah. find them legit.
1: Excellent call. Excellent call. Well, we'll have to make sure we talk about that game. I'm writing that down next episode. Um, Let's wrap it up to go to another division quickly. Um, One that selfishly I'm paying a ton of attention to and that's the Pacific. Um, Rough night for the Pacific. I don't know that anyone really knows what to make of the division as a whole. Although I think they're completely spot on when it comes to Seattle Kraken. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But we have, um, if we look at, again, Sunday's games, um, I've not yet been able to watch this. I will be later today because I was covering a game, obviously. But Vegas loses to Boston, obviously, with um, some significant injuries on the Golden Knights right now. But nonetheless, a loss. Arizona loses again. The Kings uh, lose in overtime to a Blue Jackets team that I think by many accounts was, pretty, pretty, pretty bad, Um, and now they're coming back, and the the Blue Jackets have beat Calgary and the Kings um, in recent play, Um, and then we have the Seattle Kraken, who quietly um, had a seven-game win streak and then just broke a three-game losing streak with, again, that definitive win in Florida last night, so what's going on in the Pacific, Shana?
0: Everything. Nothing. (laughs) It's chaos. (laughs) Um, The Kings are an interesting one, too, because they went back-to-back and had Phoenix Copley start against Montreal and they won and then they had Quick start against Columbus and they lost and it just shows like the chaos that they have in net right now. This is gonna be like I think a big storyline. Like last year Quick came out and had this incredible season and then his play started trending in the wrong direction and Cal Peterson had a really crappy start. And then it was amazing how they started trending in the opposite direction and it worked for them because they're like, Cool, we're just gonna switch who's starting more games and then come the playoffs, they turn that around again. Uh this year, obviously things didn't go as well and now they're down to Copley as their backup and Quick We talk about goalies like aging and we don't understand a lot about the position, but like we do know his game isn't what it was and he can't be that same backbone of the team. So it's gonna be interesting to see how the Kings manage that and if they can continue to like, if they can outscore their problems to support him because in a lot of these games we're seeing, it's like they're just goal scoring sprees And their team we don't know to be super offensive. They're a little bit better in that regard this year. You know, players like, you know, Gabriel Villardi like, breaking out. Um, That definitely helps them. But I I am going to be really curious to see if they can keep up with it. Because when we think about teams being high scorers, they're not one of them. Like, last year, they were the team, I think, that scored below expectations the most because they just couldn't finish their chances. So they're, like, the wild card for me in this division. Because the Kraken are establishing themselves to be a good team with some well-rounded efforts, and the Flames and the Oilers, we expect we expect at least one of them to make it. So it's, I think the Kings are the team that I'm like, where do they fit into all this?
1: Sarah, what's your take on the Pacific right now? The games yes. that more people need to be watching, even though they're late.
2: Even though they're losing. Um, I would say pay attention to the streaks, like you said about Seattle, for sure. Like... Columbus isn't going to lose every single game. right? And sometimes True. shit just truly happens. But how do you bounce back from a loss against Columbus? That's going to say a lot about your team. Uh, the division, I've never thought this was a strong division. And I feel bad about it. But its it does give people an opportunity. I'm confused about the Kings. I think it's just kind of a young team with an old goaltender and figuring that situation out. But at the same time, I would pay attention to the streaks. I love... Winnipeg and Seattle, I think these are two. Is Winnipeg in the center? Central. central. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking a at West the Western. Team the West. yep, yeah, I'm looking at the Western as a whole right now. And I'm yep. like, wait, the Pacific isn't that bad. I mean, Colorado is seventh in the West overall. So behind Edmonton, that's actually my bigger question. But Seattle is fourth in the Western. Let's go. Allison, can you Sarah. dissect that? I'd rather hear you dissect that. Yeah, we want to hear talk you talk the about it. Division.
1: No, I mean, I think it's, you. Do, uh, first we'll go with the vibes. The vibes are good, right? Like, and you can feel that when you're around this group. That's such a different energy and having been around teams that are in different stages of learning how to win, like, it's this is a good energy. And I've said time and time again, this is a team that is still building. Um, you know, there are steps still to be taken before this team is a cup contender and like it should be expected to win more than they ever lose but what's really impressive i think is that they've been able to have some stability in both their forward lines and their defensive pairs and they get scoring from all over like it's not like there's like if you if i try and think about what line should i write about you could write something about each of them you know because they're all doing good things and they're all contributing they're all getting on the score sheet and the defensive pairs have been mostly stable. Now that might start to switch up here, because again, we've got the Oleksiak suspension, um, and we don't know about Justin Schultz at, at the time that we're recording here. But the stability has really helped. And I think you're seeing things like Vince Dunn is stepping up because he wanted to keep playing with Adam Larson, who played all 82 games last season, and so he put in a ton of work in the off season to say, I'm going to get in shape so I can play the minutes like Adam Larson does. and like. We love Adam Larson, we love him, great mentor on the back end, uh, leading the the league, actually, in defensive zone entry denials, Damn. go Adam Larson. One for one, let's go. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. But no, and I, I actually really, really like Adam Larson. He's he's a great player to cover, and I think he's just a really strong part of this team right now. Um, and then again, honestly, the goaltending rebounded, no pun intended, like it just, because it wasn't where it needed to be last year. and with all due respect i you know i was hoping that martin jones would come in and be able to fulfill the expectations when he was in net and he had to come in and play as starter while philip grubauer was down with an injury and he's been fantastic for this team and philip grubauer seems to be coming back on his game he was fantastic in washington even though the cra- the Kraken just couldn't score but he was so strong in washington so um i think it's just really nice to see this group kind of settle in to actually being a team that's developing being versus someone tweeted at me yesterday it was hilarious they're like this is actually becoming a team versus a bunch of guys who all just go to the same clothing designer and wear the same outfits
2: which is <laughs> literally hilarious
1: literally but i mean that was real because this was an expansion team but um and we all know too if you the more points you can bank at the start of the season the better your staying power even through the dog days of january the dog days of february so I think it'd be fantastic if this team can make the playoffs. I think, again, they're still building, but it's 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 fun to watch right now. It's really fun to watch.
0: I'm really curious what they do moving forward too. Like w- we saw the assets that they mm-hmm. got last deadline. If yep. anybody has the assets to make a big difference, they do. And like, I don't, again, I could be talking out of my ass right here, but when am I not? Um, you know, I don't see them going, we're going to spend all this money on a huge yeah, rental yeah, for one yeah. playoff run, but it would be interesting to see because, like, there are going to be players like a Timo Meyer on the market and players like that, and who's going to be the runner-up to that, that they could add someone who could make them better in the long run. You know, they, they have the assets to go for those kinds of players when other teams honestly don't, and it would be interesting to see, like, can they do something to, to take their offense, which has been much better than expected, up a notch, to have someone who's a little bit more of, like, the guy or another supporting guy who so just keep rounding out the group and then when someone like Maddie Beniers has more you know star power to him which we already see him gaining like what difference can they make I'm really interested because like a lot of teams would say it you make the playoffs one year and you're just going to be like gaining experience and that's going to help you in the long run even if like you're not it's there's a difference between like the predators who are like let's just make the playoffs and get to like the middle and get knocked out again because their core is where you want it to be to contend versus a team like the Kraken who it's like make the playoffs gain the experience building blocks for next year so I, I like i'm really interested to see how they handle it moving forward
1: yeah i mean and i think if and you know sarah you you saw some of the fruits of of ron francis's labor yes. then i guess i should say and like if you you know if you really look at it it was his steadfastness even in the face of adversity last year that allowed them to make mm-hmm. the off-season moves they did this year because they had the money and they had the trade resources. And so I think that what my read on it is, is that Ron is just really smart about sticking to his plan. Um, so I don't know that they'll make a splash to your point, Chena, because I don't yeah. know that this is the year. And again, I think that's okay. This this team is building. Um, to not be like all in this de- this trade deadline is not a bad thing at all. And it's not a slight to these players and it's not the front office not believing in these players. but. You know, it it again, I still am on record, even though the points aren't necessarily coming as much as people thought yet. Like, the Bjorkstrand trade is the trade of the offseason, just in terms of what you get for what you paid. And yeah. that's pretty stout if you don't have the resources at the ready, like Ron Francis did.
0: I want to see them make another deal like that, because at the deadline, if teams are going to make moves, someone is going to have to move cap. We expected yep. to see more of those cap dumping moves at the beginning of the year. We yep. didn't. And now there are a lot of teams that are going to need to kick it up that we expect to contend. And, you know, like there's a lot of teams underperforming who we expect to be in the playoffs. So what do you do? You make a big trade, even if it's a reactionary thing, like that's what we see. So who gets moved just to clear cap and who can jump in? And I want to see, like, I think a team like Montreal can jump in. I think a team like Seattle can jump in. And we've seen that already in the summer. So I I really want to know if they can do that again. Like, it'd be so interesting to see if they can find another forward that's undervalued somewhere because of their cap hit that's not... Not bad. You know, it's just how can we move cap to make a bad move? Like everyone would tell you, would you want Alfred Bjergser and Erica Branson in Columbus? That's it's a very obvious answer. We thank you, Columbus, for that out here in Seattle. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Chevrolet.
1: Now's your chance to support a team with real grit. The Chevy ZR2 family of off road trucks. The first ever Silverado HD ZR2 joins the all new Colorado ZR2 and the Silverado ZR2 for a commanding lineup of off road ready trucks, equipped to take on anything this season throws their way. Visit Chevy.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing. All right, well, speaking of Seattle, my friends, we wrap up every episode with our very favorite game. And our very favorite game is Fuck, Mary, Kill. And in honor of the Seattle Kraken and also just the youths, the youths, we are going to Fuck, Mary, Kill three leading Calder contenders in this very early season. A lot can change, um, but there are three young players who are capturing our attention. And so we're going to do FMK on them. Sarah Sivian, you are first. Are you ready? Maddie Beneers, Owen Power, and Logan Thompson. Sarah, the stage is yours.
2: Okay. Uh, The top two are hard for me to pick, but I'm marrying Logan Thompson. I just think relative to what was expected out of him and relative to what he had to do, he literally exceeded everybody's expectations, or at least mine and People watching from the sidelines, Um, he didn't have to come in and do all this, but he did. And it's such a reason the team is so successful. Like They just wouldn't have the success if it wasn't for him. So I'm marrying him. I'm fucking Maddie. I think, I mean, he's obviously leading um, rookies in scoring, which is huge in these decisions, whether people like it or not. I I think the way he's trending is really good and the way the Kraken are utilizing him and being patient, but unleashing him when they get the vibe that he's ready, has been really great to watch, um, good vibes there. And I'm killing Owen Power, sorry. I just, not nothing wrong with him, just not really doing it for me.
0: Okay, I am going to also kill Owen Power. It's not his fault, I think he's been very good. I think the story of Buffalo isn't, look at the rookie thrive, it's look at the young core, look at the future of this team, it's Tate Thompson, it's Cousins and Paterka and Quinn, and Power and Dolly. you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 all of them. That's great and wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. Is it Calderworthy right now? No, that is okay. Um, I will fuck Logan Thompson for all the reasons you explained, Sarah. Like, everyone was talking about Vegas goaltending. I think he showed up at the end of last year in a tough situation, was really good. I think he's been really good this year. Sure, the Golden Knights keep him pretty well insulated. His job isn't as tough as other goalies might be, but guess what? This isn't the Vesna Trophy. This is the Calder. And as a rookie, he's doing a very, very, very good job. And I think that deserves a ton of credit. I will marry Maddie Beniers because he came into the league last year and started scoring immediately in, you know, what was it? Yeah, 9 points in 10. That that's, that's tough to live up to. You come in hot after you finish your season and you start crushing it like that. And everyone looks at that goes okay now match it next year and do way better and i think he has i think that we're seeing that star element and we talk about the kraken and you know they're a team that works together but if you look at any player with like that star potential it feels like it's been years and i feel like he's really running with it this year and yeah, he's had hot and cold streaks but i just think what he's doing is super impressive so for me i like to see what he's doing i want to see where he goes by the end of the year for like quality trophy it's like a memorable rookie performance too you know that i think it's one of the trickiest mm-hmm. trophies to Good grade point. because yeah. yeah it's not like we're saying this is the best defenseman this is the best you want that memorable performance and it feels like he's giving it to us shana guess what you're gonna match me i'm, I'm
1: gonna <laughs> match you i agree i agree I, yeah for all the reasons you said although i must say i'm with sarah also that i think the top two it's hard because i do love the narrative of it being a goaltender right like because was, was Steve Mason the last one to I win a Calder? I believe so. I think that's correct. I think Steve Mason that's was tough. the last goal. To, yeah, and that didn't turn out great.
0: Um, they don't get the heart appreciation or the Calder. I agree. And, they, and
1: again, it goes back to our last episode. People don't understand goaltending. But um, no, I agree with you. And I think the only thing I would add is that one of my favorite games these days is like clipping a play and then going to JT Brown and saying, JT, please explain to me how Maddie did this because there's some stuff he does that just, you know me, I'm a why person and I'm like, how and why did this, was this allowed to happen? Um, so I think that there's, you know, I keep, I kept saying 82 games, who's to say how he will respond. That's a huge season as with any rookie, but it just, he, it's, I said this somewhere, I was like, it's, it's like he heard me and he's like, screw you Allison. I'm going to prove you wrong. And just is <laughs> like, but no, I, I agree with your assessment all around. All right, my friends. Did we miss anything this episode? I don't think so. Shana, your hair looks great.
0: I I can't stop touching it because this is like flipping the. It's driving me up a fucking wall right now.
1: Well, I think I it looks can't
0: great. explain it. If my hair, like, I don't care about my outfit. I don't care about anything else. My hair looks off. It's like. It's it it drags me down.
2: But your perception of your hair looking off is insane. We think your hair yes. looks so cool all the time, you. and you're like, my yes. hair. I'm like, what do you mean? It looks good.
0: Because like I know like also it's so like because I fucked it up so bad a couple weeks ago. It's like fried too. So it's like it's like but that's extra why this is nervy. good. Let it
2: dry
1: naturally. It'll be healthy, healthier. Yes, sure, we'll get there.
0: probably never I'll probably screw it up in like a couple days so it's fine
1: all right my friends well we appreciate y'all listening uh give us a five-star review and only a five-star review because that's all we should get on itunes or your favorite (laughs) platform um be sure to follow us on twitter at two underscore much underscore man we might get around to making an instagram we'll see we've been talking about it um buy merch (laughs) from us (laughs) What? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We'll see, we do what we want to do when we want to do it. Um, But follow us on Twitter, buy our merch at Teespring. Our link is also in our Twitter bio and on our website. And until we talk again later this week, do a little something to make sure that hockey is in fact for everyone and be kind to each other. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.